0: MPF Ratings have issued their latest update on the MPF funds performance, and the report highlighted the challenges faced by fund managers in generating consistent returns in fluctuating markets. According to MPF Ratings, while equities bounced back in April after two negative months, fund managers are struggling to demonstrate sustainable investment performance. Only 39% of the top quartile funds in 2017 are still producing top quartile performance this year. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Francis Chung, Chairman of MPF Ratings. Good morning, Francis. Morning. So can you tell us a bit about some of the findings in your latest report?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because MPF um, is getting a lot more airplay now, and it should do. I mean, account, uh, average account balances are now $308,000, um, which is a meaningful amount of money. I mean, if I put it in the context that people understand, it's just under two years' worth of um, average monthly salary or depending on how uh, frugal you are, about seven years' worth of savings. So um, as a consequence of that, yeah, look, we look at sort of the data that comes through every month and, um, and we sort of try and pick out the positives, um, you know, the good, the bad and potentially the ugly. And one thing that we have recognised more recently is the divergence of performance amongst funds uh, from the very good performance to the not-so-good performance. Certainly, it's been the highlight because over the last year, possibly two years, the, the difference between um, good-performing funds and, and less-well-performing funds has been relatively narrow. But in recent times, we have seen that divergence.
0: And is the volatile markets the thing that's making that worse yeah, bigger, look at that divergence? Yeah.
1: Look, I, I, in, in simple terms, I would say yes. Um, but if you drill down a little further, I think it's a function of the fact that yeah, markets are volatile. Different fund managers have different styles of investing. So as a consequence, we'll perform sort of a little differently in, in different times. Um, uh, but overall, certainly, I think the volatility within the market and the relatively short time frame that we're looking at are, are factors
0: to consider. So what were the best and worst performing asset classes so far this year?
1: Well, look, it's – it's. I mean, that's a good question. It's been a real mixed bag actually, you know, sort of equities obviously for the first couple of months didn't perform so well. Bond's had a difficult time as well but – it's mitigated by the fact that if you're an MPF member or any retail investor, if you're well-diversified, you're in a balanced fund, then you're mitigating for risk and you're at the same time managing for returns. Uh, I think the one asset class that most people focus on are Hong Kong-China equities because there is a significant amount of money uh, or MPF money in that asset class and over the long term should generate greater levels of growth. And how did the
0: new default fund perform?
1: Look, the, the default funds perform no differently, I guess, to, um, to to balance funds in general. And I think that's one of the positives of the default funds. You know, aside the fact that they're cost competitive, so they've got a bit of a fee advantage, the fact that they have a good blend of assets, so they're mixed across a diversified range of funds, uh, means they, they did quite well relative to other funds.
0: So you mentioned there's now quite a big divergence yeah. between the good and the bad could yes. you give us an idea of the sort of difference that makes yeah. over the long term
1: yeah, look um, you know if I look at say the last quarter where we did see that spike in divergence, and again, if I use Hong Kong China equities as the as the proxy for the example, um, I think the monthly difference between sort of the good and the not so good was about one point five two percent okay on a monthly basis now, over ten years. On $100,000 invested, that difference ends up being about $500,000. Now, that's the equivalent of three years' worth of average salaries. And again, just depending on how frugal you are with savings, that's a decade's worth of savings.
0: That's a huge amount, isn't it?
1: It is. So I wouldn't expect that there's going to be a 1.5% divergence in performance every month. Of every year and the same funds being said, the good and the same funds not so good. So if I look at, say, the last 10 years uh, for Hong Kong China equities, the annualized divergence is just under 2%. I think it's 1.9%. So over $100,000, I think that's, you know, uh, $100,000 invested. The difference in absolute dollars is around $200,000. But again, in language I think people understand, which is in terms of their average salary and, and savings, that's, that's about 1.3 mm. years' worth of average salary and, again, about four years' worth of savings.
0: So given that it does make such a difference yes. between the fund selection, selecting the good yeah. fund as opposed to selecting the bad fund, how would you go about making sure that you do select the right yeah, fund? Yeah,
1: look, at, and that's a really good question. I mean one, one of the things that I guess something I've always sort of been a big believer in and I kind of urge, sort of everyone that I speak to on this, is that look, there's no better way to manage any sort of money than to be diversified. And that just that diversification isn't just across asset classes between cash, bonds, equities, and property, but it's also amongst funds mm-hmm. because funds, different funds, do perform differently in different cycles. Um, there could be a change in investment philosophy. Markets could be more volatile. Could be a number of different factors. But if you actually blend different funds together, mm. you get the diversification benefit as you would in asset classes. And I think that sort of helps soothe uh, smooth over returns. And then the key thing then is to be a truly long-term investor and let time be your, your investment friend.
0: So that can help you get over maybe the problem that you sometimes find that you pick a fund because it's done well, only to find the next quarter it doesn't do so well. Yeah, And
1: that's probably not a great way to invest. Uh, during your introduction, you did make that point that we found that... Out of all the funds that were in the top quartile last year for 2018, as, as you pointed out, um, only 39% of them at the moment remain in the top quartile mm-hmm. for 2018.
0: Now, some people don't have a choice, do they, because their employer chooses the funds for them. So what do you do then?
1: Yeah, look, that's a good question, and it's a bit of a misunderstanding, I think, in the, in the marketplace. The, um, the employers choose the scheme that that um, that the employees are in, but the employees can choose which fund within the scheme that mm-hmm. they want to invest in, um, and if they don't, um, there's now the default investment mm-hmm. scheme. And I think I'd sort of point out: look, if you're not sure of which fund you're in, or you don't know the, um, the you know the characteristics of of the NPF scheme, I should say, um, you can go onto our website at. Um, at www.mpfratings.com.hk, click on the form guide button, and all the form guides um, in simple language are there to
0: help people understand sort of the qualities of the various MPF schemes. That was Francis Chung, Chairman of MPF Ratings. And that's it for this week. Money Talk Extra will be back next Saturday at the same time when we'll talk about the advantages of being married when it comes to your personal finances. Jimmy Lamb meets a teacher to hear about her financial issues. In our investment segment, we'll take a dive into structured products. Hope you can listen next Saturday. This is Peter Lewis wishing you a great week.